Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. And it's good to see you today. I want to welcome you all, especially if you're new. Uh, not that we love the new people more than the old people. We just love everyone, and we're glad you're here. Um, been seeing so many new, new families, new faces, and we're, we're so glad you're here. Today is the final day of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, it's so good. Um, man, I, I'm going to share in just for a few minutes today. Today's going to be a, a shorter talk. Everybody said amen. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I want to actually leave some time for some, some extended ministry time in a little bit because I actually believe God wants to really minister to us today. How many have that expectation in your heart? Um, he's already been moving in our midst. I'm going to share a couple testimonies from the fast as well. But um, I just want to just say this. Um, in all that we have experienced in the last 21 days through prayer and fasting, the greatest reward of fasting is him. The greatest reward is him. Jesus said, your father who sees you fast in secret will reward you. And I just want to remind us again today that the reward of fasting is him. It is his presence. It is that my heart expands. It is that my ear is tuned, that I'm receptive to his voice and his word, and it is beautiful. Have you experienced that? Okay, like five of you. Amazing. Let's go. Uh, man, here's what I believe. I believe that there is a hunger that has been released in these 21 days. I believe that there is an acceleration that has happened, a beginning into all that God has in store for us this year as a people. So our posture isn't, um, whoo, it's over, let's go pig out and turn the TV on. Okay, go home and feast, it's great. We, we should feast. Um, but we're not going back to old patterns. We're actually stepping into new patterns. We're stepping into new rhythms with the Lord out of this fast. It, it's not an event. It's, it, it's, it's a way forward that we move forward with him. And I believe that there are things that, that, um, that are, have shifted in this fast, that as the chapter is changed and turned, that you're going to step into new places with God because of what's happened in these last 21 days. Do you believe that today? I believe that. I believe that. And uh, in other words, we get to move forward in him. I'm ready to move forward in him. We don't go back. We're not going back. We're going forward. I'm going to talk to the people in the front row. We go forward. <laughs> we don't go back, you guys. We're not going back. And uh, I'm also just, I wanna, I'm thrilled to be able to let you know this too, that, that we, um, we're continuing the prayer room. Yeah. We're continuing the prayer room which is so amazing. Um, it's not going to end with a fast. It's continuing daily prayer sets back in the student center back here are going to happen each day. I think they're going to put up a schedule behind me of, of those, those times, but we're actually keeping, I think, mostly the same times. There's an early morning set. I'll be here tomorrow from 6 to 8. I've been telling you every week, if you want to join me, come on tomorrow. Let's be with the Lord together at 6 in the morning. Man, there's like a few people, early risers. It's great. Uh, we've got some noon sets. We've got evening set. Uh, you know, there are different times in the day. And some, I know sometimes people are like, well, I can't go pray or get in there for two hours. Here's what I'd say. Go for 30 minutes. 
Just join in with the body of Christ to pray for 30 minutes. Just bring your voice and your heart and just be with him. I'm telling you, there is powerful things that are happening because we join together in that place. Um, Jesus said that his house would be a house of prayer. He said his house would be a house of prayer. And I believe that it's central to everything. There is something so significant that we see happen all throughout Scripture when the church prays. Throughout Scripture, we see it throughout history that when the church joins together in prayer, God moves in power. It's, it's just the truth. The New Testament church began in a prayer meeting in an upper room. And, and, it, and it, it was sustained through prayer. It wasn't just an event. Prayer sustained the church, the New Testament church. God responded to the prayers of his people by releasing the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I just was thinking about this as you look through Acts and you look through the New Testament. They prayed and God filled them. They prayed and God moved. They prayed and God spoke. They prayed and prison doors were opened. They prayed and multitudes came to know him. They prayed and things shook physically and in the spirit. I want to tell you there are things that have been shaking these last 21 days because God is moving amongst his people through prayer and fasting. They prayed and the Bible says that boldness came upon the church. They prayed healing, signs and wonders were released There was persecution, and guess what? The church prayed. Grace filled them, even unto death. Boldness was released. Here's what I want to say to you. When the church prays, God moves in power. It's the truth. And Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's what he said. Jesus is building his church. We don't actually build his church. He builds his church and we join him in what he is doing. And we do this by seeking first the kingdom of God. Jesus said in, in, in Matthew six thirty three, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I tell you this, when we seek first the kingdom of God, we're actually praying the prayer of Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer is so powerful. Do you pray that prayer? That prayer is the prayer. It's amazing. And when we pray it, we're literally positioning ourselves for the kingdom of God to flow through us. And I tell you this, church, I know it's 830 service. It's early, but you all are on fire today, right? I I, I can see that in you. Your hearts are burning. I want to say this. My heart burns for our church, Hope Church, to be a people and to be a place where the kingdom of God flows through every person as we go out there. And, and a place where the kingdom of God flows every time we gather in here. In such a way that our families are not the same. In such a way where our city is not the same. And in such a way that our region and beyond would be transformed by the very goodness of God. 
the very goodness of God. I'm telling you, we have not come here just to attend services. We have come to encounter the living God for his kingdom to come in us and through us and things shift and change as his kingdom advances through the church. It was never a design for us just to kind of come and try and be good little people. We were to be people where his kingdom actually is activated in us and gives us purpose for tomorrow and today. This is the heart of God. All through the ministry of Jesus, he taught about the kingdom of God. It was the central message of his ministry. He not only taught about the kingdom through his teaching, but he demonstrated He demonstrated the kingdom. John chapter 7, that passage, again, I'm not really preaching a message today. Well, it seems like I'm preaching, doesn't it? Um, I just want to exhort a little bit. Is that okay? Um, John 7, Jesus was healing uh, people of, of diseases, plagues, it says, evil spirits. And in this particular passage, there were many blind people that were being healed. And John's disciples, uh, John the Baptist, his disciples came and, and, and witnessed all that, that Jesus was doing. And John had sent these guys to find out if Jesus really was the one or if they were to look for another. And, and Jesus responds to the, I actually just watched this on The Chosen last night. Have you watched The Chosen? You guys, you got to watch The Chosen. I mean, some of the details, I'm like, that's interesting, but... there's so much in it that just opens up your heart to Jesus. My goodness, I literally watched this scene last night where John's disciples came and and, and Jesus responds to them. Hey, he says, go go back and tell John who is in prison. He says, "Tell, tell him what you've seen and heard. Seen and heard. Tell him of the miraculous that you are seeing here today. Tell him, in other words, about the demonstration of the kingdom of God. Tell him about that. Not just what I've said. Tell him what you've seen. Tell him what you see. I want us, I want us today to understand for a minute what we mean when we talk about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? And, and, and here's what the kingdom is. The kingdom of God is the reality of God bringing his will on earth. The reality of God bringing his will. The kingdom of God is the reign and the rule, simply put, of the king. The reign and the rule of the king. Kingdom literally means domain. King's domain. The king's domain. It's the realm on which a king exercises authority. Say this, the centerpiece of the kingdom isn't actually the church. The centerpiece of the kingdom is the king. (laughs) It's the king. It's King Jesus. He is the centerpiece. It's, It's the sphere in which his rule is experienced. Where God moves, hear this, in such a way that he gets what he wants. How many want God to get what he wants? I do, I do too. And he does this in large part through the church. How many want to live in the realities of the kingdom of God? In his rule, in his reign. See, when I'm living under his rule and his reign, 
then it actually, all the things that happened to me, I can bring them all under that. And in the midst of adversity and in the midst of trouble and in the midst of difficulties, I can actually still live in the kingdom that no matter what is happening externally, internally, I have the kingdom of God in me, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. So when I'm under his rule and his fear, that I'm not moved by externals, I'm actually moved by the realities of his rule and his reign over my life. In God's original purpose in the garden, humankind was to rule over creation, right? We've talked about, touched on this a little bit. Chrissy did last week and I did the week before. Adam and Eve, this is really important because I want us to get this. Adam and Eve were to represent God. They were, they were to represent his rule in creation, right? They were given dominion, the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply, They were put in the world, think about this, to represent him in such a way that culture would emerge that represents the goodness of God. Okay? That they would represent him on the earth in such a way that everything that they do would show the world who he is. Did you know that that's still the plan for us? Did you know that you were put here on this earth to represent the culture of heaven in your job, in your home, in your family. You were literally put here. Your, your ultimate purpose is you get to represent him as you live in his kingdom. That's the original human calling, to represent God in the world. Of course, Satan came to Adam and Eve, and he was looking for a place to exert his rule and his reign. And of course, Adam... And Eve, we know, took the bite. And what happens? They lose their authority. They lose their authority. Sin entered. We know this, right? This is 101, but this is important. Sin entered our domain. And because of that, creation was infected with darkness, with sickness, with torment, with injustice, with pain. I mean, the list goes on. Poverty, heartache, all of it. Demonic influences have come in because of that moment. But here's what I want to remind us of as the church of Jesus Christ today. The good news is this. Jesus came. Jesus came. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, he is called something we don't talk about very often. He's called the second Adam. Jesus is called the second Adam. The first Adam failed. The second Adam didn't. (laughs) This is the gospel. So Jesus, the second Adam, comes and he lives in perfect obedience. You know, he's tempted in the wilderness 40 days. And guess what? The enemy, the devil, everything he tried couldn't stick to him. Unlike Adam, the first Adam, the second Adam, nothing that the enemy said or tried to do to him could stick to him. It's interesting to point out he was in the middle of fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Let's go 40. Um, I did not hear an amen on that. (laughs) But his life on earth then showed us what a kingdom life looks like. You want to know how life is supposed to look? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. 
He was anointed by the Holy Spirit in power. He went about doing good and healing, right? All that were oppressed of the devil. And the Bible says that God was with him. Everywhere Jesus went, he destroyed the works of darkness. Everywhere that he went, he goes to the cross. He takes all of the sin of the world upon him. All of the accusations, all of the shame. Did you know that he took all your shame? He took all those accusations. He went to the cross for all those things that are plaguing your mind. Those things that have tormented in the night people. He went to the cross for that. He paid for our healing. He paid for our redemption. He paid for our freedom. He paid for our wholeness in every sense. And then he said, it is finished. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of his finished work on the cross, we have been given authority by him who is the head of the church, who is the head of humanity. He's the head of the church and he's the head of humanity, you guys. The king of the kingdom to walk and live in everything that he has paid for, which is rightly ours now. Do you hear me? My voice cracked. It was powerful. I've heard it said like this, you guys. Jesus didn't come to earth to get God's authority back. He came to get our authority back. It is the truth. It is the truth. Adam and Eve gave up their authority and Jesus returned it. He returned it. Matthew 28, 18. He says this. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he commissions his followers out of that authority. And he says, go make disciples. Go make disciples. In other words, go do the stuff that I did. I love John Wimber. He used to always say, we get to do the stuff. We get to do the stuff. As the Father sent me, he said to the disciples, he says, I send you. There is authority in that commission that has been given from the king of all kings. All kings. He says, teach them. He says, show them. Do the stuff I did. Here's what I feel for us today. And I want to declare this in a prophetic sense over the church. You guys, we are not playing defense against the devil. We are not. We are not on the defense. We are on the offense. Through the one who has all authority, which is King Jesus. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You say, oh, you sound like an old time preacher. I don't care. Some of those things were right. Some of them weren't. This one was right. I'm telling you guys, I feel like there is a spirit of victory that is to be released on the church that we have not been walking in, that we've been under, we've been pressed down, and we've forgotten who we are, and we've forgotten what we're called to be and called to do. We're a victorious people. We're not a defeated people. We're an overcoming people through the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony. And we are taking ground. I know some in here and I, it's okay. You're like, man, he's just, that's just Christian lingo. No, I'm telling you, that's the gospel. This is the gospel. And I would preach like this, whether you were a or not. 
Because guess what? I've seen us living in too much defeat. And God says, the chapter's turn. Come on, step into the new. Step into the new. Step into the new. And we join him in his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven until he returns when he finally defeats and kills the devil. I know that sounds so old school, but it is the truth. How can we be defeated when we are in the kingdom of the king who cannot be defeated? Matthew chapter 10. Jesus sends out his disciples to minister. I watched this on The Chosen last night too. I I read it in the Bible first though. (laughs) Like, man, this pastor is getting his theology from The Chosen. No, it's in the Bible. I verified it. But you should watch it, seriously. He sends out the, the, the disciples to minister. He says this in verse 7. He says, proclaim as you go. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. You have received without pay. Give without pay. Church, I want to suggest to you today that this is part of what it looks like when the kingdom is at hand. When the kingdom breaks in, here's the reality. Darkness has to flee. Torment has to go. Spiritual oppression has to lift and the sick are healed. And this is not through our own power. This is through him. The apostle Paul wrote this. He said in 1 Corinthians 4.20, he said, the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. Now, we need to talk about it. We need to teach. We need to, we need to do what we're doing right now. But I'm telling you what, the other part of the kingdom is demonstration. It's demonstration of power. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. This kingdom, church, that is in you is more powerful than any other kingdom that is around you. Now, I'm telling you, if we had revelation of that and we even just took a little bit of that and began to step into it, I'm telling you, it would change how we see everything around us. Everything around us. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples in Mark chapter 16. And I've just been meditating on this over the last couple of weeks. And he comes to them, he appears to them, and he he does this, he rebukes them. He rebukes them for their unbelief, it says, and hardness of heart because they hadn't believed those who had said he was alive. So Jesus rebukes the disciples for their unbelief. But this unbelief doesn't disqualify them because he literally rebukes them. And then the next sentence, he commissions them. How many are thankful that Jesus can rebuke you correct you and then call you into what he's calling you into. I'm going to be honest. I have felt him rebuke me a bit. Has anyone else experienced that? You know, you can't help but get a little rebuking when you're praying because he's realigning you. And I'm telling you, there's some things that just kind of like, I would believe 
theologically or in theory, but I felt my heart kind of grow away from some of the things that I know that he's called us to walk into. And, and I feel like he rebuked my heart and said, hey, that's unbelief. Get it out there. And I feel a recommissioning. I feel like even for the church over COVID and all of that, there's been some unbelief in some things that have happened. And I feel like he's rebuked us. And now it's time to go and walk in the commission. The commission. The commission. Go into the world. Mark 16, 15. He says, go into the world. Proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And guess what? He says, these signs shall accompany those who believe. How many believers are in the room. If you're not, you can leave one. These signs shall accompany those who believe. Goes through those things. I'm not going to go through them all, but it's, you'll be able to cast out demonic oppression. Do you know how many people are oppressed right now? You know, I, there are times, even in the church, I can see the heaviness on people. I want to tell you today, you know, we think about demon-possessed or demon oppression as like somebody, you know, you know, you get these pictures of them like flailing all over. It's not like that all the time. There's oppression that isn't supposed to be on the body of Christ. And Jesus has come to set us free. He, he's called the church to actually walk in that authority where we're out and about and we see that somebody in the world that doesn't know him is, is, is beaten down, there's torment, whatever, that we would stand there and we would literally tell that thing to go and get out of there. I watched it on The Chosen. <laughs> I hope you all get my humor. Some of you are concerned. It's okay. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Here's what I want us to understand. We're going to, Tyler and the team can come. Church, we have been given delegated authority by Jesus. I'm going to stop and say we. You. You. Turn to the person next to you. Look him in the eyes and say, you. No, I'm serious. You. You. You have been given authority, delegated authority by Jesus to go into the world and to drive out the evil one. His works, his rebellion to God. He's saying your job now is to be people, get this, that embody and carry and bring about the effective will of the king on earth as it is in heaven. It's not our authority. Don't hear that today. This is not about your might or your power or your name. This is about the authority of King Jesus. This is about his authority. This is about him in you and upon you. It's that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. What did, what did he say? He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. That means when you're out and about or we're in here, wherever, we get to be witnesses of his might and his strength and his power. And we get to lay hands on the sick and we get to look at people that are in torment and say no more in Jesus name. You guys, we have a world that is hurting 
and and aching and tormented and afflicted. And I feel the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ that he said, I came so that they would be whole for this was the son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. This is why he came. That's what it says. That's what the scripture says. This is the intention from the beginning that Jesus restored for us. Now we can choose and we can just believe in him and, and kind of walk and have a nice little life or we can actually walk in what he said we could walk in. I was went through Starbucks early this morning and there's this person there that I just love and I can tell that, that she is just very, very lost. And she just, she, she just loves me. I'm like her favorite customer. And it was just the craziest thing this morning at like 5.45 in the morning. I'm like driving through there. She said, I'm having a hard day. And I said, you know what? You got this today. And something lit up in it, lit up in her. Something shifted in her. I'm like, you're going to do great today. I believe that. I don't believe she knows the Lord, but I, I encouraged her. And in that moment of influence, do you know what she did? She, she never done this to me. She goes like this to me. She gives me a heart. And I, you know, I did something that I was like, I can't believe I did that. I'm like pulling off. I'm like, love ya. <laughs> I was like, uh, awkward. <laughs> I literally told the Starbucks person I loved her. Was, <laughs> but you know what? That was the heart of God. I, I'm telling you that, I mean, that, I felt that, that like that, I couldn't, it was like, a, it just came out. Like, I felt the love of God. I felt the compassion of the Lord for her. And um, I'm just forgetting the rest of my notes because we're going to, um, here's the thing. When Jesus would perform the miraculous, he would often announce at the same time that the kingdom was present or near. So whatever the miracle was that happened in that moment, it brought an end to the, the works of the devil. It, it brought an end to the works of death, an end to, to loss, to destruction. It released abundant life that only Jesus can give. And the kingdom, when it comes, you guys, people are set free. When the kingdom comes, people are set free. I want to tell you today, he wants people set free. He wants his church set free. I believe there are people in this room today he wants set free. There's been a highlighting of freedom and deliverance of the mind. Um, and, and I believe today that God is going to set people free in this place because he is all about making wrong things right. That's why he came. And he is still destroying the works of darkness. And we get to join him in it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this. I'm not content to center my beliefs and my theology on what I what I don't see happening. The spirit is in us. It is upon us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And I want to tell you, there's so much more. I want to align my theology with what his word says. I want to align my prayers and my responses, what he says around what he did and what he's called us to and be a part of him bringing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Can you say amen? Stand with me.